0: Welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast, with your host, Caesar Aguirre. Hey everybody, welcome to the Libertarian Tex-Mex Podcast, I'm your host Caesar Aguirre. I have a awesome guest
1: today. I got uh, my buddy Rob here. Rob, you want to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Rob. Good friends with Caesar. Um, <clears throat> we discuss politics a lot um, from different ide- ideological standpoints. Um, and I'm here to contribute. Um, maybe bring something from uh, the more uh, more of the left libertarian perspective, and uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, thanks, Rob.
0: Uh, so yeah, so um, you know the whole libertarian Text Mex podcast idea actually came up with a group of friends of mine. Uh, we talk politics, pop culture, science. I mean, we hit the whole gamut, right? Like we all do. the time. So uh, it really stemmed from just a like day-to-day conversation i have with these guys i'm like man you know what we need to put this on a freaking podcast um and then yeah my whole idea of like hey maybe we can make politics a little more palatable by talking about a little bit of politics maybe a little bit of fundamental theory a little bit what's going on today and a little bit about like you know how libertarian is kind of like a how it happens in real life you know and I, i was thinking about this I do a lot of my thinking and speaking out loud in the showers by the way in the morning you know um, yeah but a lot of times I just bounce my own ideas off my off myself but I was like talking about I was actually thinking about martial art because you know you have like traditional martial arts and you have what like MMA and fighting and stuff like that right I, I was like I view it as like theory versus reality mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. in academia you have political theory but then you have the practical, what can you take out of it? Right. So it's not like you can only do practical. You need theory to get pull ideas from. Yeah. But then you execute however you want to. So libertarianism is kind of in the same vein, I think. You know, like there's some theories like free market principle.
1: But then how does that get executed in a reality could be totally different. And so, there's, there's a pretty big spectrum, too. Yeah. You know, within libertarianism, um, Especially if you sort of go small L libertarian like not affiliated with the American Libertarian Party if you just um, Look at it. It's basically almost synonymous with classical liberalism. Yeah, uh, as we've discussed yeah. numerous times, but then um, There's other uh, Ways that the label is applied um, you, you, we've discussed numerous on numerous occasions something that's near and dear to my heart, even though I don't belong to an anarchist union or uh, I'm never likely to. Um, out of all the sort of fist in the air left approaches um, that have been around, uh, you know, name it. It's a, it's a long list of them: social democracy, socialism, yeah, yeah, communism. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, And there's within collectivist anarchism uh, or left anarchism, there's a whole bunch of different streams within that. And I think the most practical and reasonable one is anarchist unionism, which advocates coexisting with uh, private market institutions. Right. right, um, Yeah. You know, organizing workplaces um, and just, you know, basically doing what unions do only without a hierarchic. And without union bosses, you know.
0: Yeah, and I think that's cool because, in the same vein of uh, the theory versus reality, like, you know, the ultimate idea obviously is anarcho-capitalism, right? Mm-hmm. Just free market, mm-hmm. no government intervention, people working things out themselves, mm-hmm. private contracts, etc. But kind of what you said is there's some realities that you have to face. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So how do you do? How do you enact those? and it gets very nuanced and then you know very specifically like here in the region of texas right we have our own cultural social views mm-hmm. that change the way that we're interpreting those principles right For sure for sure so i mean the big thing right is the border wall right so i mean from I don't know, tell me what you feel but most of the texans like local native texans i i grew up with kind of see like Mexico as like an extension of Texas right like people we're used to people coming and going across the border all the time so definitely the
1: idea of putting up a border wall is kind of like that's a little too much like and a lot of the people who are going to be affected by it whose lands are going to be traversed by it who are going to be subject to eminent domain claims etc and there's plenty of very conservative white people who own own land around there and they're dead set against it
2: yeah well that's the
0: contention now right is uh Private property, or you know, the uh, (laughs) I have a lot of conservative friends that are very pro-Trump, pro-pro border wall, uh, declaring the emergency crisis or whatever. Right. Uh, And you know, you have like Rand Paul who just came out and said, "I'm not going to support right presidential overreach," and now all these conservatives are blasting Rand Paul for you know going against the president. Yeah. And so it's kind of a weird. (laughs) Like mind boggling or mind bottling, depending on uh, (laughs) which movie you're watching. It's like, you know, these conservatives who were all about the Constitution before Mm -hmm. now are all of a sudden like, yeah, let's declare an emergency and let's just get this done, regardless of whether the president should or should not be doing it.
1: Yeah. You know? Uh, Well, it was like, it's uh, libertarians of convenience. Like, remember the Ground Zero Mosque controversy, like 2011, I guess it must have been, a good while ago now. But I distinctly remember something hilarious that somebody from a local like libertarian or self-identified libertarian group um, insisted uh, on an eminent domain claim uh, on the on the you know the the disputed um, lot or whatever, you know, where the the Muslim community center or Islamic community center, or whatever it actually was, and it was misnamed a, a mosque. And so this like, you know, diehard libertarian constitutionalist was like, hey, Bring in the government. Take away. Take <laughs> it away from them. Because <laughs> he was supposed yeah. to it. Because he was, you know,
0: thinking it against Muslims. <laughs> so, yeah, so those are the cool things, like nuances and traipsing into the, re- like, you know, the gray zone, what I like to call it, is is where we like to go into, like, understand the theory, where it's coming from, like the original idea. And then how people are applying it in the good, the bad and the ugly about it, right? Yeah. Free market is one example. Exactly what you're talking about is like you have libertarianism, which is this big umbrella of different ideas. Yeah. But then you have the Libertarian Party, which gets more sharper on platforms and everything like that. For sure. And what and I was thinking about this morning exactly what you said is libertarianism is this idea of the free market you know uh, non intervening government so to speak Mm -hmm. but then you have the Libertarian Party which supports and I believe the last time I read it was they want to eliminate unnecessary regulation which Mm -hmm. means they do support regulation of some type as long as it's an effective efficient not getting in the way of people that it doesn't need to type of thing so they do believe in some modicum of regulation And they also believe in public-private partnerships. Right, right. So think about your uh, garbage, you know. Mm -hmm. You have a city, a state government that's just going to outsource a a function Mm -hmm. instead of having to build infrastructure for it. So there's nuances like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, there's a couple of those things I like to bring out. Um, Actually, one of the big things is... uh, is uh, you seen the news about the firefighters? Of course, you know that was just that's the big news cut? of the day. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I voted in favor um, yeah, of the proposition because oh. I think definitely firefighters should get should be it should be it's a very stressful and socially valuable uh, profession. Um, so it should be well compensated, uh, obviously. Um, but and they now, don't kill anybody by accident. That's nope, no, they don't. <laughs> right. We accidentally
0: set this guy on fire. He was—I uh, was defending myself. I'm
1: sorry. We help people on purpose. That should be—that should be their, their motto. The other guys kill people on—kill people by accident. We we help people on purpose. <laughs> sorry. Anyways, so you said you voted for it, yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, but now I'm—I guess I'm—you know. I, I'm not well enough informed about this to really comment super intelligently on it. Other than you know, I voted for it because it made sense, but um, I didn't know that it would uh, put put undue strain on the city's budget. Um, and now there's going to be apparently dozens, uh, actually hundreds, yeah. hundreds of layoffs. So I voted for it too because, like you said, it's kind of like a,
0: at face value, you're like, yeah, they should be paid equivalent to any other service out there, right? Um, and then I kind of so the vote we all voted and voters said yes and then I started looking into like the background of it later Mm -hmm. and uh, you know it turns out that both the police union and the firefighters union both wanted pay raises about five years ago Mm -hmm. Uh, so the city government basically said you know obviously we don't have enough money to just give you this massive increase all of a sudden so we 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 would like to do is do like incremental increases over a 10-year period the police union agreed to that and they said okay we'll do incremental increases over the next 10 years to get where we want to go firefighter union said no they wanted full pay increase right away huh. and that There's they were not damn
1: greedy firefighters <laughs> always oh always, God. always want more <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> the insatiable greed of the firefighter. Exactly.
2: <laughs>
1: what is this Wall
0: Street? <laughs> Anyways, yeah. So apparently they said no, they passed on it, and they were gonna put it to the vote so they can get this immediate increase. Mm-hmm. Voted, everybody voted for it. So uh, basically, exactly what he said is the the mayor has to do this massive increase on budget mm-hmm. without any increase on expend or uh, increase in taxes or funding or anything like that wow. so he got he has a sh- he has a deficit yeah and he's got to say okay if 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 I have to oh, like obey the will of the voters yeah this is what I got to do so firefighters kind of put themselves in this position yeah uh, in the long run yeah well because the police union the police officers are not doing any job cuts right yeah um, they're getting their incremental pay increase. so anyways just a little background on what I heard
1: well that's it's interesting um be, you know I voted yes uh, in very large part I didn't even know what was going on but uh, there were firefighters um, you know I was in line to vote, it was a very long line at my polling place because I voted early uh, so the line was really long and they were they were canvassing because um, I, I remember I was live texting a situation where this like busybody like kinda late middle-aged lady oh, yeah. started confronting the <laughs> firefighters about the legality of their canvassing and I thought, thought it was hilarious um, but uh, it's interesting that you know they were they were canvassing and uh, there were quite a few of them out there, um, you know, sort of mingling with the people in line and explaining why you know what, what it was they they were advocating what what they were lobbying for and uh, why they deserved it. Um, but it was a classic situation of kind of one sided advertising. I had no idea that there was this whole backstory and that it was going to. Uh, Necessitate layoffs, possibly, et cetera, et cetera. If I'd yeah. that, i had learned that, it would have made a more informed decision. Yeah. I was just like, "Oh, yeah. firefighters, you know, extremely socially valuable, brave people. They want to, they want to be fairly compensated. Of course, of yeah. course, I'll vote yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's a, it's an obvious thing. Yeah, it's, or at least, so it seemed.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, so it seemed, but you know, I, I, like I said, when I read into it, reading more, it's like kind of local political softball. It's, mm-hmm. You know, it's just back and forth. You know, he said, she said, you do this, I'm going to do that. I mean, it's, I don't say it's childish, but it's very much like, you know what, you put yourselves in these issues, so we voted yes, so you should probably sort this out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> time to be grown-ups about <laughs> it. Time, time to be grown-ups <laughs> about it. But, you know, speaking of firefighters, bringing it back to libertarianism, how do you think those local services fit into uh,
1: libertarianism? Like, do you think that could be privatized? No, um, most definitely not. I mean... You know, if your house is on fire and you call the fire department and they show up and they're like, okay, they they, they like do an estimate, like, wow, this fire is really bad. Uh, Probably going to at least cost you $3,000. Like, (laughs) like, do you have Apple Pay? Like, (laughs) uh, no. We accept PayPal and Venmo. There should definitely be, um, you know, provision of to certain things you know protection from chaos protection from either violent chaos or the chaos of an un- unexpected like a kitchen you know kitchen fire that gets out of control or whatever yeah. yeah um there should be clean tap water you know um all these things should should just happen in the background and I mean it should just be paid for by everybody jointly I mean it just makes yeah. sense you know yeah and it's one of those things where it's kind of an equalizing thing because if you you know if you're a Oil company CEO, or you work in the C-suite of a huge oil company, and you live in River Oaks. the Situation: the, the, Your need for a fire truck is going to be right. just as just as urgent,
2: yeah,
1: um, as somebody living, yeah. you know, in a trailer park out, yeah. you know, in whatever in Conroe. Well, Conroe's not Houston, but you know what I mean. Like just some like outlying, yeah. you know, like yeah. down market area, yeah. You know, and I always view it like uh, there's
0: always nuance in. For me I kind of devise like what is a private matter and what is a public matter and I feel like once you define okay this is public sphere and this is private sphere public sphere you obviously need ground rules right like for everybody mm-hmm. so if you're at a, pu- a public park you, you need pants you know things yeah. like that <laughs> please wear pants I mean stuff like that so mm-hmm. I feel like okay if we're in the public sphere of you know public water public resources okay let's that that to me is a nuance on libertarianism like yeah, yeah right. we always want to advocate the free market but maybe there's the nuance in public spaces where we need just general guidelines
1: yeah you know? or maybe like a hyper libertarian public place like no shoes no shirt no problem <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> the nude beach yeah
0: <laughs> there you go there you go that's super don't bring your kids here ladies and gentlemen <laughs> <coughs> But yeah, so that, that's what's going on locally, is the uh, fire department issue. Uh, Mayor Turner's in the hot seat right now. He's getting a lot of heat. Yeah. And he's trying to run for the... for uh, election Is yeah, he up re-election?
1: again? I like Mayor Turner. Um, he seems to be... I, I, we have pretty good local government here. We really do, yeah. We've had some a string of very good mayors. Mayor yeah. Parker was fantastic. I liked her. She balanced the budget. Yeah. Um... She completely bucked the, just, uh, you know, shattered the notion that Houston's a stuffy conservative city because she was an out and proud lesbian. Um, She significantly expanded um, a roll out, or she rolled out an expansion rather of um, curbside recycling. Uh, Most people inside within city limits get it now, whereas we had one of the poorest, we had the worst recycling program of any city of our size yeah. in the country oh, yeah. it was yeah. really bad but she, she you know she she expanded it significantly and yeah. the best thing is um she's added hundreds of miles of um pedestrian and cycling uh, trails that's yeah. being built all over the place yeah in fact one of these days i mean i live right across all the way across town it takes me 25 minutes to drive here but if that network of bike trails is extensive enough, I want to try biking out here for one of these recordings. It'll be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, but yeah, she for sure. I I really liked her a lot. She did have a lot of, um,
0: not too much. I was gonna say. What what I really really what I think is really cool about Houston, if you compare it to like another city like Austin or something like that, it's very diverse and very progressive without being like in-your-face progressive. It's great. You know I love that. I yeah, love that about Houston. It's very classically liberal. That's that's what I think. You know? And there's a
1: very... We also have, you know, um, kind of... And this is a, you know, uh, something I'd very much like to get into. Um, you know, the historical left versus the contemporary intersectional left. Yeah. We've discussed that extensively. And it's, yeah. a, it's a subject that uh, I'm very fascinated by. But um, we have in this city uh, a wonderful um, left-wing institution um, that kind of holds on to some of the old left things uh, you know some of the classic modern left let's say Um, but unfortunately it's getting a little bit here and there you hear more like of the intersectional left kind of creeping in but we have a pacifica station in Houston 90.1 it's one of five flagship stations in this you know very 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 like super left-wing radio network and it's just one of many, like you know, one like you know, sort of very left of center institutions, and uh, that facilitates a segue for me to say that it expands to the rest of the state. This whole notion that it's not nearly as conservative as you think. In fact, yeah, completely. Going going back um, a long time, there's uh, there's been um, upsurges of radicalism in, in Texas. Most famously, the Texas Farmers Alliance, which was.
2: Uh, Oh yeah! Have you heard of the Texas yeah, Farmers' Alliance? Yeah. I
1: mean, a lot of some people claim uh, bring it under the umbrella, uh, the big umbrella of anarchism. They were like uh, sort of uh, hmm. agrarian anarchists. Yeah, that they just wanted total self-reliance. They didn't want, you know, they didn't want to get screwed over by the railroads. They didn't want to get screwed over by the banks. They just wanted their land. They wanted to grow food and just prosper and be left alone. Yeah, completely. I mean,
0: uh, you think about. You know your four major cities: uh, Austin, San Antonio, Dallas, and Houston. They're mo- for the most part pretty progressive. Oh yeah, um, without being progressively in your face. Austin it's getting, I a that yeah, it's it's, getting a little bit that way. Yeah, getting a little bit that way. It's getting way. a little bit that way. But Houston is still. I think it's diversified enough, and, and I think the progressive left has a problem. Like a, I think progressive left has its own diversity problem. Oh, you dude. know what I'm saying? Oh in my the sense god, that it's majority. Uh, maybe like uh, like you know this super left-leaning uh, white white person type mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. uh, the Hispanic or black representation or Asian or anything like that it's not there um, they're I think they're I think the the those groups that are going into going favoring like the Democratic Party
1: mm-hmm. they're more moderate right they're not the the extreme left um, and it's I mean, this, it's, there's a schism going on now. Right. Within yeah. The party. Well, both the major parties. Yeah. Or as we, you know. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to the first principles, as we as we always say, the two factions of the one party <laughs> that we have, the party of perpetual per- like permanent war and corporate welfare, with just yeah. two different factions who hate each other, even though there's an enormous amount of overlap between their and uh, the, you know of their priorities. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, uh, there's civil wars going on within both of the parties. It's fascinating. Yeah, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, in the Republican Party,
0: I remember we were talking about this months back before, was the schism between business-oriented Republicans versus the religious right Republicans, right? Oh, yeah. So they have two different goals, meaning business Republicans obviously want lower regulations, lower taxes. That's why they're Republican and they basically made a deal with the religious right to say you know what let's work together as long as you kind of stay out of our business we will let you go with your religious you know agenda yeah
1: and they and it's been such a and that's it's been the, a really ugly bargain you it, know exactly
0: and that's the thing it's kind of gotten too far oh, where God. you know you do see the religious right going a little bit more extreme on like very specifically i think it was with the marriage equality thing mm-hmm. when they were just Adamantly saying, you know, uh, gay people cannot get married, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to fight to the death of it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then business were coming out saying, you know, we support this or we don't support this. And then they, it was the whole NFL thing too, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 alt-right group were like, we want you to boycott and punish these people that are expressing their right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, businesses were like, we're going to stay out of this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're not going to do anything because we know... It's gonna hurt you know, our bottom line, mm-hmm. so let them go. But now they're forcing them into a position where they have to make statements and they have to take a stance. And essentially, I know a lot of the Republican, business-oriented Republicans in Texas, with the religious right in Texas, they were like, you guys need to pipe down on your religious right stuff because we're your money. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We're giving you money. Yeah. And you know, we need you to pipe it down because you're hurting our bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know? So now I know on the Republican side there's a schism there. Yeah. With this alt right, religious right versus moderate Republicans that are just like we just want a business friendly environment and leave people alone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's the other side? What do you think?
1: Well, I just wanted to comment on um, what you were talking about, um, the you know, the, the good old-fashioned stuffy country club Republicans, um, you know, business, business people, etc., bankers, whatever, they made this really ugly deal with um, religious oh, yeah. extremists, and in order to get their own policies enacted, low regulation, low taxation, etc., they had to throw great big slabs of red meat to the, to what I mean. I'm sorry. I'm just gonna have to say it to a bunch of religious fanatics. You know, really, really like <laughs> yeah. the American. You know, remember John Walker Lynn, the American Taliban. Yeah. No, no, we have an American <laughs> Taliban. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> uh, it's right here. Um, but and they did. All, they created all kinds of like noxious public policies that created huge social burdens. Um, what I'm thinking about immediately is um, the combining. Abstinence-only sex education for teenagers with sharp restrictions on abortions. And so you give it, you're, you're not te- you're not teaching teenagers about birth control, condoms, various other oh, forms yeah, of contraception. Yeah, yeah. And they're teenagers. Yeah. They're having sex. They're having unprotected sex. You have you have all these uh, unplanned teen pregnancies, and there's nothing you can do about it because you can't have an abortion yeah, for sure. in these southern states uh, where these, you
0: can. It's just incredibly difficult. It's super difficult. Exactly.
1: Four places in Texas. Yeah, you can go to in Louisiana. There's only one. Yeah, for Louisiana. That's a yeah. mid middle mid population state. Yeah, it's probably probably not. I'm blindly guessing upwards of 10 million yeah. people live there. You know,
0: well Texas made this silly rule that you have to put like any facilities for abortion next yeah. to an emergency yeah. uh, ER center, which yeah. was nonsense, right? Yeah. They're like, we don't need this, but they they try to find a way to circumvent.
1: Some yeah, of those yeah, liberties. yeah. Yeah, exactly um and that's fine okay okay restrict abortion i mean no i'm speaking hypothetically i'm not in favor of that but like just for the sake of argument on just everything it's just it causes no good yeah know? yeah babies having babies <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'd do what i want uh yes yeah, so um so yeah so there's always so there's that side right and specifically in texas that's the nuance and i always you know we have a a uh, you know, uh, acquaintance of ours, Mike, right? And you know, he. We always tell him the difference between like a California Republican versus oh, yeah. <laughs> a Texas Democrat, which yeah. is almost the same it's basically thing, the same right? Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, but,
1: those Orange County Republicans are borderline fascists. But there's also obviously, um, yeah. I mean, that's the real hotbed. Yeah. of, Oh my God, they're crazy right wing. But the rest yeah. of you know, the mainstream of the Republican party in California, of course, is basically like, yeah. like you said, like Texas Democrats. Yeah. Just relaxed yeah. people who are kind of... Right. Know, don't want to make so, a big fuss.
0: So there's the schism there. Let's talk about the schism on the left.
1: Okay. Well, now that's that's really fascinating. Um, because it's, you know, you, it's, uh, it's generational, it's cultural, <laughs> and... Um, Unfortunately, uh, it's a huge part of it is the rise of. of, of I mean, there's so many different names for it. Um, I call it the intersectional left, but um, the people who people who you know have extreme disdain for it um, call it you know the the SJWs, you know, the social justice warriors. <laughs> social justice warriors, yeah. Um, then, but then you uh, some people call it the woke left. <laughs> the um, the postmodern left, um, that, you know, it has a, a bunch of different names that you can apply to it. But um, I have observed with increasing interest and alarm its uh, rise, and I guess over the last five years or so, mm-hmm. the very first thing that I saw that made me think this, there's something weird going on here, and I'm not sure how I feel about it, because as you know, as I established when I introduce myself, I, I come. I come from a, kind of kind of the left, you know. Like uh, I, I have sus- I've been suspiciously um, sympathetic to to Marx, and that's something I, I get mocked for viciously uh, by you, Caesar, and by the rest of our friends. Which is fine. I, I think it's just as funny as everybody else. Um, And so it's important to draw the distinction between that old left, like the anarchist unionist left and the Marxist left, and the you know good old-fashioned New Deal liberal left, you know, like the whole spectrum that goes from center left, like New Deal liberal, basically, you know, all the way out to like extreme collectivist anarchists who advocate living in caves and (laughs) (laughs) like abandoning all technology and the primitive. You think that's
0: generational, though. You think like. Greatest well, Greatest Generation was probably more what like
1: they uh, were definitely like the New Deal you New know, Deal the, the right people that were forged and by then the Depression. Boomers became more they were kind anarchists of, or no or they were they didn't know what they were yeah they didn't know what they were like for example um, the the sixties left a lot of the really militant people uh, considered themselves Maoists yeah uh, pr- partly because they only knew part of what was going on at that time between sixty six and sixty eight in China under I mean, When China went completely insane, I mean that's a subject for a totally different podcast if you want. But I mean it's it's again something that I've, forced, I've looked at with morbid fascination, and it's just it was just a a, a horror, you know like a like a house of horrors let's say yeah. <clears throat> so a lot of the '60s radicals didn't all they knew about uh, they only knew things superficially because the whole '66 to '68 Cultural Revolution in China was yeah all, was all about. Um, smashing the establishment and establishing ultra radical, ultra democratic, ultra egalitarian society exactly the opposite. Well, happened, that's what of
0: course. Martin Luther King, right? He was very like uh, pro communism. Was he? Yeah, completely. Okay. Uh, but th- like you said, <laughs> they're getting introduced to communism kind of on the surface level, yeah. specifically through the Vietnam War and everything oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, well, that was a huge part of it. Was, right. Um, you know, the colonial,
1: uh, the the. Post World War II communism was very anti-colonial. Yeah, um, because you have to go all the way back to Marx and Engels and their predictions about what was going to happen. They said that um, a radicalized working class, um, like in on mass, literally um, in the highly advanced, highly developed countries, the United Kingdom and Germany, or what was at the time German-speaking Central Europe. Um, would spontaneously realize that without without them, nothing was going to get produced, and they would rise up and take over, um, and run things for themselves. Um, that never happened anywhere. Yeah, everything. Yeah. All the all the the formations that called themselves communist took power in countries where there was no industry or very little industry. They were predominantly agricultural, and it was just kind of just you know an illiterate peasantry that was just forced into this thing called communism, very much against their will. And it was just like this elite little, little crew of intellectuals and theoreticians and what, and all entirely well-meaning, Yeah. yeah. but you know, they created these monstrosities because of the central failure of Marx and Engels' prediction. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Communism, nothing even resembling communism has ever taken over an advanced country, and I don't think it ever will.
0: Right. Right. And that kind of ties into, you know, something that's kind of a hot topic now. Well... I would say more specifically towards conservative alt right people who are using the word socialism as like a a, a badge of in group versus out group. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. But what what do you think the differences are between communism and socialism?
1: Well, it's a the the distinction is very fluid. Um, you know, all of the you know, even though, for example, here's. Here's how, how much overlap there is between, between the two terms. Russia, the Soviet Union was run by a, a, what called itself a communist party, but they called themselves socialist republics. Yeah. So, you know, there's a, a lot of overlap between the two, but for our purposes, socialism is a softer form of, of communism. Yeah, communism light. Yeah, in, in like what they have in, say, Scandinavia, they have, the technical term for it is social democracy, but for our purposes, that's socialism, you know. Yeah. When, like, when Bernie Sanders calls himself a socialist, that's what he means. He means having, you know, a huge welfare state, very high taxation, allowing a, a role for private industry, but predominantly being, you know, all the most essential needs—healthcare, housing, every all education, etc. That's all guaranteed.
0: Um, well, even that, you know, even that's a, a misnomer in itself too, right? Or it's on a fluid situation because even the Scandinavian governments themselves are saying, we're not the poster for socialism. Right. Because we are quite literally converting everything to a more free market economy. And so kind of what you said is, you know, they do have obviously public education, public health care, but they are converting that kind of in a halfway form, kind of what Japan does to say, you know, you do have a guaranteed um, health care mm-hmm. but you can go out we're going to give you this stipend and you can go out and find your own private health care mm-hmm. uh, and they set rules about um, you know what these insurance companies can charge you and etc so there's some form of regulation there mm-hmm. but essentially you have to go out in the market and you have to find it yourself anyways mm-hmm. that's what they're doing in education and a lot of the Scandinavian countries they are kind of like not deregulating education, but now they're saying you we're going to give you this stipend, mm-hmm. and you're going to go out and find your own private education. Same thing with healthcare. So it's kind of what you said; it's a fluid situation. And even in the libertarian circles, it's it's like okay, there's a little bit of room there to say okay, you know, maybe okay, maybe we're doing kind of u- like universal basic income type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe there is some type of stipend. You're paying taxes; the government's giving you this certain end money mm-hmm. to go out and find your own services. Mm-hmm. It's quasi-libertarian, isn't it? Like
1: yeah, and also quite, quite quasi-Marxist. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> That's what's so crazy about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I've actually always been amazed at how like these things kind of are like the the serpent eating its own tail. You know? Yeah. Um, or how much how many weird areas of overlap there are between, like for example, the the Marxist left and the, and the libertarian right. You know, completely.
0: The yeah, end goal is the same thing. It's just
1: how there, you get to it. Right. There's so many so it, many right? policy areas. Yes, exactly. The end goal is um, the um, the betterment of society and uh, creating a, con- a social context in which the flourishing of the individual is made not only possible but uh, you know likely or even yeah. You know, Guaranteed, yeah, you know, right. Under, under optimal circumstances, yeah, yeah. So that's what that's what it's all. That's the, the end stage for for a lot of isms. Um, but going back to the distinction between socialism and communism, the other important thing is uh, going back again to Marx and Engels and their predictions about what was going to happen. They said that the, the the way that the stages of the evolutionary stages for human organization were going to be feudalism, which was the you know the old going back to the agricultural revolution, uh, feudalism, capitalism, socialism, which was like a transitional stage between capitalism and communism, and then finally communism, which is classless, radically egalitarian, radically emancipatory. (laughs) Amazingly, that's, you know, all they did was equalize oppression and suffering. Right, yeah. um, That was exactly the opposite of what was intended. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I immediately regret this decision. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're going in the bear pit. <laughs> um, but again, again, um, a huge part of that is because um, peasant nationalist groups called themselves communists and took power in peasant countries, and but it never, it, you know, it came close to happening twice for a communist to take over or for a socialist revolution to happen in an advanced country. Uh, between 1919 and 1923 in Germany, there was a failed communist revolution that went different, that kind of came in pulses, you know, of like, uh, the communists would, you know, gain a lot of ground and then the forces arrayed against them would fight back. It took, it took a long time for, the, for that revolution to fail. And then in France, in the spring of 1968, they came, I mean, this close, within a whisker. Uh, but I don't, I don't know exactly what happened. I don't know if the communists lost their. Actually, I do know what happened. They were, at that time, the Comintern, which was, had, you know, the Communist International, the big like, had, you know, the big, the home office of international communism, was in Moscow. And for some reason, uh, I guess they didn't, for Cold War, maybe geostrategic Cold War, chessboard reasons, they didn't want France to go communist or whatever, and they they ordered them to stand down. They're like. Don't don't, don't wow. take over, don't take over. But it came very, very close.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, now they're burning France down, so... Yeah. The yellow jackets. <laughs> yeah. So who knows, May, It might happen again.
1: <laughs> like, throw, throw in those shit bombs. Let's throw some shit at the, the police. shit bombs, oh my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the French really do love to throw their revolutions, don't they? They don't mess
1: around. <laughs> they don't mess around. They don't mess around. Like, the way France is, goes is, like, there's, there's like, a, an uneasy truce between the powerful and everybody else <laughs> right. and um the, the powerful are very very frightened of the general population and it's just like an uneasy tension and every once in a while it erupts and yeah. the, 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 the people just say you know what we're not having your bullshit authority anymore we're going to throw shit at you literally <laughs> until until you back, back down <laughs> that's
0: kind of like uh I feel like that's Europe in general, isn't it? Like France more than France, France more than, than anybody, right? Yeah, I no, mean they have a
1: history of just you know.
0: Yeah, I mean they did the French Revolution. You know, liberalism was invented in in France, yeah, right? But
1: you're right though. The, the whole continent. I uh, mean, the
0: whole thing is like this uneasy truce between kind of the have and the have-nots, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Super elite, rich Europeans, and trying to throw enough bones so people leave them alone. That's right? exactly it. That's so, the Bismarckian. You know, he's like, and that's why a lot of people left Europe and came to the United States to find that opportunity to make themselves successful. Yeah, break, you know, kind of get out of that um, system that was hard to get out of. Yeah. Well,
1: what's interesting actually, and we've discussed this before, is that a lot of European rap because there was um, the failed wave of of, uh, revolutions all, all the way across Western Europe in 1848. Uh, they were crushed with enormous violence. In France alone, uh, ten thousand revolutionaries were slaughtered, um, wow. just rounded up and without trial, right to Yale. right to right Yale. To Yale right, right to the firing <laughs> squad, no trial or nothing. Um, and so, a lot of the a lot of the 1848 revolutionaries came here, uh, to, to like exactly what you said, because it was just nobody knew their past. They could just, you know, just, re, you know. Uh, Reestablish their lives, just start, start, start anew, but they didn't abandon their radical principles and um, that was a huge part of the abolitionist movement was um, 1848 exiles who were disgusted that they were living in a slave society. I mean think about it, you know, they tried to stage communist revolutions in Europe and they come to a society that has slavery, they were appalled and that was a huge impetus for the uh, uh, for the, the anti-slavery movement and they, a lot of them folded into the Republican Party uh, hmm. A guy was elected to the Senate from Missouri. His name was Carl Schutz. He was personal friends with Karl Marx. And uh, wow. yeah, and the other thing that I found out recently that blew my mind is that as you, you know, we're in Texas, and as you know, Central Texas has a lot of people of German ancestry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the Spurzel yeah. Brewery, Shiner, uh, Fredericksburg is you know heavily German town. <clears throat> Karl Marx almost joined that wave of migration that moved oh, to central Texas. Yeah, that's he's right. I remember you said that. He seriously considered joining them. Can you imagine? Karl <laughs> <laughs> Marx moved said, to Texas. Yeah. It, I he mean, starts a
0: farm. and He yeah, uh, said that before, right? Like he had a fascination with farming or I, something I don't know like that. that. He was going to come out here and fill I mean, the did. land. That's you what know? they all
1: did. Yeah. You know, And started breweries yeah. and businesses and whatever else. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it would have been so crazy. Yeah, Karl Marx with a cowboy hat,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's the cool. I mean, cool thing about uh, you know doing a little Texas pride here, but cool thing about Texas, it it was kind of like founded in a diverse background, right? Oh, for sure. I mean, heavily. I, I think more so the Mexican American influence has the largest influence. That's not really. I, I feel like historically and museum wise, it's not as focused on like. And- yeah, you know the uh, I'm trying to remember their names. Uh, originally, they called themselves the Hanos, right? Well, I was going to
1: say I just found this out because um, they were talking about Sam Houston recently. There was a lot of talk. I guess it must be an he was in he was in local media a lot recently. Yeah, Sam Houston and the early early Texas Republic. Um, I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, must be an anniversary of something. Um, but yeah, I just found out during that sort of media. You know, a flurry of media activity that, um, the tech, the, te- the tech, Texas Declaration of Independence was all but two of the people who signed it were from out of state, and the two native Texans who signed it were Spanish-speaking. Yes. Yeah, Tejanos. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, <laughs> an, it's crazy.
0: And, um, and a lot of the, the army, the Texas army that <clears throat> fought for their independence was... You know, mostly Hispanic, mostly Mexican American. Obviously, they kind of work together with a lot of the uh, immigrants. We'll call them mm-hmm. uh, from the United States. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> they came down, and then they uh, they they fought some shit. So, uh, but anyways, um, really cool background. Yeah, Austin in Central Texas, primarily a lot of German, Czech, um, oh, yeah, for sure. Central, European. Central European. Yeah. Um, and then you go a little bit more west of San Antonio, primarily Hispanic, uh, Mexican-American, Native American. Um, that's another big factor. I know Sam Houston was like super upset because he essentially made a deal with the, the Native tribes... Yeah. Because the native tribes obviously hated all these, uh, you know, settlers, mm-hmm. you know, white settlers coming mm-hmm. in. They hated Mexicans, too, mm-hmm. uh, because everybody's hunting them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they were always at war with everybody. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when Santa Ana came in and Sam Houston was trying to kind of, you know, not get killed by Santa Ana or Native Americans, he was like, we're going to do a truce. If you guys leave us alone, we're going to fight Santa Ana, and then we'll give you kind of like state rights mm-hmm. to be citizens of yeah. Texas. Yeah. And then one of the things Sam Houston hated was as soon as they declared themselves as their own country, everybody voted to not give them, like, you know, s- civil rights. Yeah, he know? was very
1: pro-Indian. He married a Cherokee woman. That's right. I, I just found that out last week uh, along with the other things. I, I mean, he got out. his
0: nickname from Native Americans, The Raven, you the know? The Raven, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's right. Um, yeah.
0: But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, you know, uh, background on diversity in Texas, and, and I always tell people, you know, libertarianism, like I said, it's a principle, but then how you apply it is all based on your own life, you know? Mm-hmm. So how we apply libertarianism here in Texas, I feel it's more like, even the, even you know, the, kind of like the, not the alt-left, but yeah, Republican, conservative Republicans, I mean, I think for the most part, Texas people feel like the main principle is to mind your own business, right? Like, whether you're Hispanic or religious or whatever it is, is like, you buy your own property, you do what you want over there, and we're going to leave everybody the hell alone.
1: Well, it's like Joe Rogan's extremely funny joke um, about the guy buying a gigantic parcel of land and just doing with it... Whatever the hell he was like, I'm going to draw the biggest dick the world has ever seen in sand. That's right. It's perfect. That's exactly it. it's such an extremely Texas thing to do. Draw, draw the biggest dick the world has ever seen. You can see it from space. That's true.
0: I've seen it, too. I mean, not the giant dick, but uh, I remember when uh, I was doing school up in College Station, I would drive from the woodlands and we would kind of take back roads to magnolia Mm -hmm. people would have huge properties and they would have some weird shit up there like statue i remember one uh property i kept driving through had like almost i would say 15 or 20 statues of just random animals like a bear or a lion or whatever Mm -hmm. and it was just whatever they wanted right and i'm like Okay, dude. Yeah. You know, what?
1: There's no restrictions <laughs> on that. Whatever yeah. you want, go for it.
0: <laughs> and there's so many like. And then and then like uh, ten minutes later, I saw a Buddhist temple. You know, <laughs> like it, it's so random. Yeah, it's great. But it's great. everybody kind of about. has this like understood thing, right? Like it's like okay, it's your property. You can do what you want with it. Yeah. You can build a freaking Buddhist temple or twenty statues of uh of weird animals or. You
1: can have a Or stop, stock it with real living weird animals. <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> so, like so many like exotic game ranches and people put, you know, buy a bunch of acres and oh, I'm just gonna put um, whatever, just some weird exotic deer from halfway around the world. I have a bunch of them on um, there.
0: Doesn't Joe Rogan say something like that? Like he yes, talks about, about the, the tigers. The tigers. The, the same most special. amount of tigers we in have a, more, anywhere in the state of t- is in the state of Texas or whatever. There's
1: more private, there's more tigers in Texas in private collections That's than it. there are in all of the wild of the world. <laughs> <laughs> and as, he, as he put it, there's more tigers in dude's yards <laughs> in Texas <laughs> than all of the wild of the world. <laughs> um, uh, <there's, coughs> Oh, man Incredible. but it's true it's, it's like literally factually true it's true and there's another little pro texas thing that brings in two things together uh, and I can only imagine how much more advanced this uh, surgery is now but uh, in 2002 there was an incident where a guy had his tiger in a cage in his pickup truck at a flea market and it was just like a tiger in this cage and it was you know it was well securely locked up and everything but it was a cage with you know Metal bars that a small hand could easily, like a, an adult hand, could easily fit into it. But if you're an adult, you know better than to do that. And this little girl thought, "Oh, cute!" You know, like a small little girl, five years old or something, um, got out of, I guess, you know, her parents were distracted momentarily, and she reached her hand into this cage to pet the tiger, and it bit her hand off. And they got the hand, and they got the little girl to. Um, to I can't remember I think it was to, yeah Memorial because that's the big trauma unit yeah and the microsurgeon was able to um, to completely reattach her hand and reconnect all the nerves all the vascular tissue all the muscle everything and she regained because she was a little girl so she was very resilient uh, all that t- tissue was still going to be growing anyway that uh, that helped her along but yeah she regained 100 percent of the functionality in her hand after getting it bitten off by a tiger dang so. Two things, you know, the, wow. the world famous Texas Medical Center, yeah. they do amazing yeah. things, and privately owned tigers in Texas <laughs> converge <laughs> into a crazy story. <laughs>
0: Speaking of, how do you think um, the Texas Medical Center, you know, um, how do you think it's doing? Because like, it's mostly well, public funded, right? Like, uh, federally, well, it depends federally on, funded. It yeah? depends
1: on the institution. Yeah. Um, MD Anderson is a part of the University of Texas system, so it gets a tremendous amount of public money, uh, and they're doing amazing work. Uh, but the other uh, Methodist, you know, it's a religiously affiliated yeah. institution, yeah. so it, it doesn't it doesn't get taxed. Nonprofit, um, is yes, that what it is? exactly. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. exactly. It's a nonprofit, and um, so they don't distribute any of. I mean, it's a very profitable institution, so it doesn't distribute any. Obviously, it doesn't distribute any of its money to shareholders. It just goes into and its its endowment, which is at this point in the high single billions of dollars it's like seven or eight nine somewhere in there billions with a B dollars and that's why they're constantly building I don't know if yeah. how much time you spend in the med center but yeah. they're constantly building Methodists in particular well Anderson too yeah, constantly building new like they just built a 400 de- bed tower Methodist wow just I mean
0: I know they're building facilities everywhere like I know there's a Methodist here in the oh Heights. yeah all their
1: annexes oh my god they got yeah, a bunch yeah, of yeah. annexes yeah because that's all part of the same system and I
0: use their system like I, I, I love it like Speaking of, uh, you know, uh, <clears throat> dating, dating myself, but I'm very much, uh, I'm right in the middle of Gen X and millennials, and I, 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 te- I have tendencies for both, but definitely, like, uh, reliance on technology is a totally millennial thing. Uh,
1: is it, because yeah, they, of course it, of
0: course be, it is. Yeah, because yeah. Methodist has an app where you can manage all your services, all your medicine, all your charts, all your results, all the feedback. It's literally on an app, and that was the reason I went with Methodist. It wasn't because I was like, oh, I think they doctors are phenomenal, <laughs> you know. Like I didn't get any review for any of these doctors. I was just like, they have an app.
1: It could I'm be the worst hospital Earth. Like, right.
0: They have an app. The mortality rates like <laughs> app through the yeah, roof. I'm gonna roll I'm... the dice. They
1: have an app. There's bound to be some good doctors. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> they went to medical school.
0: At least I can check in. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so they uh, they're out there, but yeah. So you're you're saying it's kind of a mix of. Private and public uh, funding. Yes, yeah. it's
1: definitely. Mostly nonprofits. The, the, the privates are, you know, nonprofits usually have a religious affiliation, yeah. a church affiliation. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, um, you know, at the vet center we had this sterling reputation for excellence across the board in every kind of care, um, children's cancer, uh, just general hospital care, sur- every kind of surgery you can imagine. And one of the real, you know, one of one of the gems was St. Luke's. And they were, they led the, you know, they were world leading facility in um, open heart surgery and major organ transplantation. But in the last couple of years, there's been a pretty, it's pretty scandalous stuff. Yeah. They, they've lost their edge. They're having patients are dying on them left and right and getting terrible complications. Things that would have been inconceivable uh, five, ten years ago. They would have just, you wouldn't have even thought of it. Yeah. It's really sad. You're
0: right. Cause St. Luke's has uh, been out of the notoriety, right? It's been a lot of Methodist children's uh texas children's uh, i'm trying to think of the other ones that are just like hitting it right now md anderson anderson
1: um uh, memorial yeah uh, memorial, memorial Herman, right you know that's a uh, world class for, for 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 certain things particularly yeah. i mean if you get seriously physically hurt yeah that's where you want to go yeah you for know, sure if you like penetrative right. non-penetrative trauma anything right. like anything like that if you fall off a ladder if you're in the vicinity of that hospital get yourself there because they will yeah They'll they'll fix you, and I
0: always tell people too, you know, just with my uh personal well not in personal but with my family experiences with cancer I mean there's no other place you'd want to be anderson. For, yeah, or oh, yeah in- in, te- in the medical center, Med center yeah just all in the,
1: yeah all the you know Methodist has its own cancer care, which is excellent, but yeah i mean anderson I mean it's because they're they're that's where they do all the yeah all the most experimental treatments and yeah, yeah they're really doing amazing amazing stuff
0: and they they're the ones that are funding the um that co-research, that breakthrough that they're having with some of their exper- experimental research with uh, the autoimmune therapy—that oh, yes, type of yeah, thing—that's yeah, yeah. all getting yeah. funded through MD Anderson. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's just hitting its stride right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, it's amazing
1: what they're doing, really.
0: And and you know, think I always tell people, you know, just from my experience with it, was like, what a genius concept. Because if anybody, if, hopefully, you know, anybody listening, you know, out there, that the autoimmune therapy is basically. This breakthrough in cancer treatment because the general idea before was the way to beat cancer is to like kill cancer with radiation. Right. So it was like kill the mutating cells, but
1: but also kill a bunch of healthy cells. Exactly.
0: Right. It was like kill everything else. And hopefully that cancer dies before you die. Mm -hmm. And then if it's dead, then we'll help you recover when you're done. What this new therapy does is basically it boosts your immune system to like dials it up to times 100 and makes you super healthy. Turns it up to 11. Turns it up to 11 and your body naturally gets rid of cancer.
1: That's so cool.
0: It's an interesting concept like in the negative space, right? You're like, oh, my general idea, like you think even like military strategy, right? If somebody is invading your land, you're like, well, we should go attack them, right? This would be like... You know, let's boost. Let's boost our, uh, you know, individual acitnsory yeah. like so good that everybody's like buff and strong. Yeah. And when they come in, we just fucking punch them in
1: the face. Yeah. Or they, they see that everybody's ripped. Yeah. Like, they're, as they're approaching the shore, everybody everybody just lines up on the shore and flexes, and they're like, Whoa. "Whoa, let's not invade those guys. We're gonna get our asses kicked. Look how shredded they are." Bingo.
0: Boom. Boom. But you know, that's actually legit. What happened with Japan? you know in World War 2. So the Japanese were doing intelligence gathering on what how likely would we to win if we were to invade the United States. Oh
1: okay, okay. And they
0: basically came back and said that. They were like, "No, we would lose entirely because everybody has guns." Yeah. They were like I mean literally they're like it's like uh, guns are like a blade of grass. Like <laughs> everybody has one. So
1: highly skilled people are going to be out of work. Lawyers? Yeah. Thirty years from now, there's not going to be most of the legal work's going to be done by the, by intelligent machines. I
0: read that they're going to be like one of the first people, <laughs> one of the first jobs to get kind of cut from AI gonna, is going to yeah. be lawyers.
1: Yeah, radiologists.
0: Yeah, radiologists. Yeah. I mean,
1: they're having uh, radiology residencies are having trouble filling their slots now because nobody wants to medical you know people who graduate four four year medical school. Yeah. They know what's coming down. You know, they're, yeah. they're, it's all millennials and Gen Z people. They know what's going on. They yeah. know what what's what the future holds. Yeah. They're not going to do radiology <laughs> and get get you know muscled out. You know, get sh- you know computerized out of a job.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of economy, I know uh, I know from my work with um, with logistics for an energy company, we there's a major shortage of drive truck drivers. Oh, I knew that. I mean. They are in demand. I mean, yeah, they're, make, they're well, making too. a ton of money. It's brutal work, though. It's brutal work because you're, you're basically wrecked, in wrecked. your truck the whole time. Yeah, driving. Well, so here's an interesting thing that I'm hearing from from my side is basically back in the day they used to do long hauls, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the job was there, the pay was there. Uh, not a not a whole lot of people to fill those positions. So people were to accepting long hauls, going from Houston to Alaska yeah. to unload something. Uh, but now that's changing because they're so in demand that the truck drivers are at being more demanding of their routes.
1: And the demography of truck truckers is changing, too. It's a lot more. Yes. It used to be like a white dude job. Yes. Now it's a lot of women and a lot of POC. Yeah. People of color. Yeah. Now, I that. have
0: plenty of friends who are African American, and they're uh, they're doing truck driving. Yeah, yeah. And they're making good money. Yeah, it's a well compensated um, job. And I was gonna say, you know, the now the the thing that is changing is that they used to do long hauls, which were brutal. Mm-hmm. But now, for the most part, uh, from what we hear from a lot of the trucking companies, they want to do short hauls. Yeah. Like they're like, we're not doing long hauls anymore. You wanna you want a truck driver? It needs to be within. A two-three mile, a two-three hour radius, hmm. because it need They basically need to pick it up in the morning, drop it off, and come back, and be done. Hmm. So most of the tr- most <laughs> of the truck drivers out there are like, we're you, we'll we'll do the job for you, but it has to be short haul, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's got to be within the same day. If it's long haul, we're doubling the cost.
1: The uh, the trucks are getting easier to drive too. Completely, they used to be like. Multiple clutches, a clutch yeah. on the floor, a clutch yeah. on the on, on the gear lever, ten gears. Um, it used to be like a like a semi skilled job, you know, yeah. like operating those things wasn't easy.
0: And I was going to say the safety on the job security related to AI is that we're still having a lot of major problems with AI driving vehicles, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that thing we were joking about with the, a lot of the automated cars not being able to identify dark faces, right? um did you see that right no, no you didn't see that oh my god so. we were we were like holy shit uh maybe uh you know what it was cole tagged me on it okay because yeah it was basically they're testing their um their ai systems for automated driving mm-hmm. and essentially they're having problems with people with dark faces right which is you're like man that is incredibly even, racist right even
1: ai even even that's racist. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it was
0: incredibly <laughs> shocking, but they were like, but if you think about it, it makes sense because it's basically using like refracted light to say, oh, there's an object, uh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, if, you, if your face is blending in with a uh, darkness in the background, mm-hmm. um, it's just saying, okay, there's nothing there and we're going to go through it. So, yeah, so now you're like, oh, shit, like this is a whole bottle of, uh, of worms here that we're opening yeah. on... AI racism. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh
1: boy, <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's crazy. Anyways, um, so what else is going on? Yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, Captain Marvel, huh?
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, yeah, because well, that's fine because we're gonna we were talking before before the um, hit record uh, about how it's getting all politicized.
0: Um, so much, yeah. and uh, yeah, it's been like an explosion of uh, political commentary, so if, if anybody doesn't know, hopefully you do know, there's the superhero movie coming out, Captain Marvel, it is out, Captain Marvel, it's a female-led uh, superhero. Oh, I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. See, I'm in my comic book. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to let you take over. Okay. Um, yeah. And then, uh, All right. Yeah. So uh, I'll just describe that, and then I'll, I'll jump, jump back in. Yeah.
0: So quick rundown is you know Captain Marvel, um, female-led super female-led superhero movie, first one for Marvel. Um, uh, they made it. a They did a big push. Uh, you know, kind of a big political push on uh, female-led um, cast member. Um, you know, a lot of the pilots who um, trained. The actors who do them are female as well. Um, this is a big um, push for feminism, etc. Um, a lot of more on the political front, political commentary front, but very much so like everybody from every spectrum um, had a, had something to say about it, and uh, it, it was a little bit overwhelming because you know you have obviously you know if we go kind of left to right, um, you have obviously the the left. To progressive left that's kind of saying hey um you know this is um you know pro-feminism and you know we're going to kind of stick it in your face that uh you know women empowerment that type of thing and by the way it's international women's day so uh don't forget that but anyway so they were very much in the kind of pro-social agenda here um, and then you have some, people uh, in the kind of alt-right conservative space who were essentially uh, feeling like they were getting, you know, this pro-feminism thrown in their face. Um, and, and it was kind of uh, exacerbated by actually the main uh, actress leading it. She was kind of went out there, and I, I think it was kind of a, like a mic gaff because somebody was asking her a question about, uh, you know, uh, commentary about the movie and who this movie is for. And she kind of accident I don't know, accidentally or, or uh, whatever, whatever, gaffe, political gaff here, to say, my I don't want opinion of white males. I want... Oh,
2: dear. She's like, this
0: movie is for women, people of color, blah, blah, blah. Oh, boy. So, yeah, so obviously they got, she got roasted for it. Yeah. And then she had to backtrack a little bit and say, like, no, no, no I I just meant, like, you know, whatever she had to backtrack for. It was like, no, I just meant, like, they're going to really like this. It's female-led. They're going to relate to it more than, you know, a, a white male. Mm-hmm. But it's still going to be good. So she had to backtrack, and it was, you know, obviously Marvel Marvel owned by Disney. They're trying to appeal to the most amount of people. Yeah, of course. Of course. So when they had publicity for a... Right. So I'm, I'm sure I'm, the
1: budget on that movie was huge. A lot and of money. Production budget Yeah, uh, was massive. I'm sure the marketing budget is even bigger. So that was just... Really dumb
0: of her to say. And I'm pretty sure she said that, and I'm pretty sure she got coached oh,
1: yeah. afterwards to say, oh, yeah. like,
0: look, you can't be saying things like that. Like, you're going to have to say it a different way, you yeah. know?
1: <laughs> she, she got called into, into a meeting in a room full of people <laughs> wearing suits, and none of them were smiling. With Disney hats? The little Mickey Mouse? <laughs>
0: like, very up, like, very bubbly and upbeat, but they were telling her what she needed to do. Like, yeah. like you know, hi there. We really like your speech. We <laughs> think you can do it a little bit better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you must be this tall to comment to the media.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, anyway, so yeah, so um, the left was seeing this as like a pro feminism, pro social uh, movie mm-hmm. for, you know, women, people of color, anybody who's kind of the oppressed crowd by mm-hmm. white males, quote unquote. Mm-hmm um and then you had the other side that was the white male and was like okay i guess you don't want us to see your movie you know they that they, that was legit their reaction yeah they were like okay i guess if you don't like white males i'm just not going to go see this movie and it was like i mean i get you're a little bit offended here mm-hmm. but um stop being a baby but that's fine um and then even libertarians i was telling you reason even reason magazine came out and was like you know this pro-social agenda movie just kind of fell flat on its face mm-hmm. um, and it failed at sending them the message even though they made a big deal about it blah 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 so it was just kind of like much ado about nothing
2: Yeah.
0: but I mean all in all I mean kind of what we were saying what I was saying was like it's just a freaking movie man like go and enjoy it. like we get Hollywood's gonna have their messaging that's yeah. gonna go out there as long as it's not in your face yeah, it's, it's fine we yeah. can deal with it right And I feel like, I watched the movie last night, Mm -hmm. and I thought it was very subtly pro-feminism, pro-social agenda, but it wasn't in your face, you know? Like, there was, well, I don't want to give away a scene, but there's a scene where she kind of faces kind of like a misogynistic male, Mm -hmm. and she's not in his face, you know, saying, like, I'm a feminist, I'm going to punch you in the face or anything like that. She handles it like nice and easy mm-hmm. and I think that was kind of like uh, a representation of the entire movie it's, it is it's it's an empowered woman mm-hmm. and she's a she's a badass yeah. and she it's a good movie but she's not a dick about it yeah she's not being a dick about it uh, but then there's just uh, random comments like the uh, the one thing that uh, you know women women always get as a comment um, when they're very serious is like you know smile
1: yeah
0: you know like can you smile a little you bit look more? looks so
1: much prettier if you'd smile more. Bingo!
0: You know? So I know a lot of. Have you gained weight? <laughs> right? Are you getting oh. enough sleep? You're, 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 you've got bags under your eye. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so um, they when the initial trailers came out, they had that comment. was like, she's not smiling. She looks too serious, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And yeah, obviously it was like, okay, I mean, she's a superhero. She's trying to be a badass. I don't think badasses have to be funny, but, I mean, it's nice if they are. I think those type of movies are funnier, or Mm -hmm. they're more appealing if you have a badass, funny person.
1: Like uh, Deadpool.
0: Bingo. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but I'm definitely going to. Yeah. But, you know, if you think about her contemporaries, like Iron Man, uh, Robert Downey Jr., I mean, he paid more of a a jackass, egocentric... Yeah. You know, badass, and he pulled through it without busting a smile in his entire movie. Yeah. So anyway, so suffice to say, there's a lot of a lot of hubbub around it, but at the end of the day, it was like, man, it's just a freaking movie. Well, here, the, go see it.
1: Uh, yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> I, I enjoyed it.
1: That, that ties in nicely to what I want to talk about. Uh, we kind of got diverted from uh, a little while ago, which was um, to talk about the intersectional left and the Democratic Party and. You know uh, the the cultural divide, cultural slash generational divide, and it's fascinating because um, you know, like I said, the intersectional left. I put the I put the intersectional left in opposition to the universalist left because it explicitly rejects the universalism of you know that everybody, regardless of what your background is, what your you know your out your outward appearance, your level of ability, your age, whatever, I mean, it's all, I mean, obviously, when it was put into practice, it was, it resulted in all kinds of horrors, but, at least, in principle, it's there, it's a beautiful thing in principle, you can't, right. you know, if yeah, you're a reasonable yeah. person, you can, you have to say, atle- yeah. okay, at least on paper, in principle, in theory, sure, fine, it's great, right? Mm-hmm. The intersectional left has rejected that, um, and they have this hierarchy based on this thing called intersectionality. And um, it basically um, awards you points based on how many overlapping, how many intersections of oppression you occupy. So if you are a African American Muslim trans lesbian and you're disabled, you're like way, way, way at the top. You deserve you know way more recognition. You're 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 a priority. You know in terms of everything, access to whatever jobs Um, you're going to get called if that's your identity. Um, and you're in, in a You know, obviously at the universities this is a huge yeah uh, yeah back to Yale which I, I brought up earlier you know it's, in universities it's a huge deal <laughs> you're gonna get called on first by the professor <clears throat> you know if everybody raises their hand with a question yeah. or a comment you're yeah. the one you know and the white male it's gonna yeah. be the last if if he's called at all yeah because you know they have yeah they, they, they bear the stain of, of privilege
0: and they went um, to, and, and from my inner perception they want total dominance. Oh,
1: they think they have unquestionable moral they, authority. It's
0: not about equal representation. No. it's about dominance.
1: Yes, the here's here's the distinction. The you know, the good old the, the the modern the modernist universalist left was about justice, social justice. They really were about that. These guys are about vengeance. They don't want justice. They want vengeance. They want to turn the tables of oppression around. They want completely they yeah. want revenge. They want vengeance. They want yep. to be. They want to be the oppressors, and they want uh, the white males to be the oppressed. Well, we said it last or time. The, we, the, the, you know, the holders of. We
0: said last time we talked with uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yeah, you know her recent kind of. Uh, I I, call, I kind of call them extreme statements, but, you know, basically she doesn't want to negotiate with moderate Democrats. You know, I see, I kind of like
1: that. I under- <laughs> I, I, I see. I, I see how. I see the danger in it, but I also see the beauty in it. Because I think the, the corporate, the clinton corporatized Democrats are just, they're just the biggest douchebags on, on, <laughs> under the sun in this great nation of ours. They really are. I have way more respect for the Republicans than, than I do for them because the Republicans are up front about what they're about. The corporate Democrats are, they talk all about, oh, we got to be nice, and oh, the poor, what a shame. Yeah. But, I mean, the, the policy. See,
0: I, right. I like them because at least they're capitalist. Yeah, um, but they're hypocrites.
1: They, they, they lie about it.
0: They, well, I don't know if they do, because I know... Um, well, I mean, that maybe there's specific actors you're talking about. Yeah. Maybe there's a group of them. I, absolutely. But, I, you know, I'm thinking about uh, who's the Texas dude that didn't uh, win? Beto. Beto. Um, you know, he's been saying for a while that, you know, he's not a socialist. He's a capitalist. He yeah. firmly believes in it. Yeah. Um, so I think there's definitely... A, we were talking about um, schisms in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. I believe there's fundamentally a capitalist versus a socialist. Like, there's that fringe group that is, they're like, we are socialist.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing. Go, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, go no. no.
0: I was just going to say there's there's a lot of those moderate Democrats that are firmly saying, no, we believe in capitalism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're never going to do socialism. Mm-hmm. And then there's that group of, like, the Bernie Sanders, Alejandro Custodio They're like, we are socialist, and we want socialism. Mm-hmm. I think that's the schism, but... I don't know the numbers. You know. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, you're right, you're right. But here's the thing, though. The thing that about the intersectionals, they're so full that they contradict themselves so very, very much. Yeah. And I don't know how much time we have left. Um, I definitely... I'd want to go on th- about it at length because it's something that I'm fascinated It'll by. we about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, I'll go ahead and cut to the chase because I want to bring it back to the Captain Marvel thing or to what that represents more broadly, which is that, okay, so, you know, they, call them, they, ad, they all advocate communism, they, you know, when they, when they go out on their marches they, they go out with red flags with the hammer and sickle and all the rest of it, you yeah. know, they explicitly reject capitalism and explicitly embrace socialism and communism, but then <clears throat> when, um, when Colin Kaepernick, when the rollout of his marketing campaign for Nike came out, um, all the intersectional people were like, oh, awesome, Nike. And so they're they're like the fist in the air left, and here they are like saying, how, you know, uh, praising <laughs> Nike, Nike. That was like they're the poster child of cruel, evil capital, exploitative capitalism. You know, making 15 year old girls in Vietnam glue together sneakers with you know and the glue <laughs> emits toxic fumes, and they don't they're too cheap to they're too cheap to give them masks, and they get sick. I mean, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's all changed, but you know, in the 90s that was definitely what was happening. Yeah, yeah. you know, like. Ultra, ultra that was a big brutal, deal, yeah. I ultra that. brutal exploitation yeah. of third world labor by Nike's subsidiaries or their, you know, their contractors or whatever. You know, they were the poster child of, of evil capitalism. And as soon, but as soon as they got behind like a something, like a fashionable social justice thing, it was like never mind. And then it happened again with Gillette. Remember the. Uh, you know, don't be toxically masculine. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, again, it's like, oh fuck yeah, Procter and Gamble, fist in the air. Like they're they're on the right side of history. Like and it's all these t- so like yeah. the capitalists who are like, wait a minute, no, Nike, awesome. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you have the most I mean it's hilarious. The um the the or the, there's the conservatives, the people who are Outraged about the, the yeah. NFL protest, yeah, setting yeah. fire to their to their Nike <laughs> shoes, right?
0: They want to boycott everything. And now. one
1: more on in Ohio burned down his house. Poor man, it's a shame, but you know he set fire to his Nike shoe in protest to that. Um, and it, yeah, it's you know those things are really flammable when you set fire to them and it burned down his house. Um, <clears throat> but I hear that's a, that's
0: uh, whether it's good or bad. I hear that's like a recent. change in business in the sense that people are starting to care about businesses political beliefs yeah yeah and so you have to very clearly as a business take a stand but
1: it's a but it's a smart but at the same time you're making a business decision exactly so you know they it's a it's an ingenious business decision because it's like okay we're on the side of youth future customers you know we're guaranteeing ourselves a healthy customer base because predominantly the people who were pleased about the kaepernick uh, marketing campaign were young and predominantly the people who were pissed off about it were older. Yeah. yeah so it makes perfect sense you know older people don't work yeah. out they don't go running right know?
0: or i mean i use uh <coughs> just from you know my experience um i'm seeing this with like energy companies right. who are now trying to take the the lead on um you know environmental protection right mm-hmm. or they're trying to i mean the big thing is just the 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 most immediate threat is you know carbon emissions in the air mm-hmm. so most people are trying to gun for how can we get rid of the carbon in the air mm-hmm. um to help give us a little bit more time and space but back in you know 10 20 years ago i mean nobody would have touched this you know because yeah. like you said it would just wasn't the markets didn't care, mm-hmm. uh, but now the market cares. In kind of what you said, it's it's finan- It makes financial sense, mm-hmm. business wise, for you to say you need to care about the environment, mm-hmm. um, because if you don't, you look you look like an asshole, right? Yeah. So a lot of these energy companies now are, are saying, okay, we need to do something about about it, even though you know thirty forty years ago they were trying to hide the uh, the research about yeah. it.
1: And it's partly Halo effect marketing. Part I'm sure part of it is totally sincere. Like, you know, it's a good it's a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, but my cynical, my cynical Marxist hat that I put on for just a second <laughs> makes me think, oh it's just Halo effect, yeah. yeah. Halo effect just marketing, put the hat cynical hat bastards, yeah, exactly.
2: Greedy <laughs> cynical bastards. <laughs> but I
0: well, I know specifically on the things I've read about um, carbon. The big, uh, the big problem, obviously, is the amount of carbon in the air um, is kind of creating greenhouse gas effects, which is increasing, mostly specifically, the, the temperature in the oceans, increasing yes. water temperatures, which yes. is killing a fish, melting ice, things like that, which is changing all, everything.
1: And it's, it's, it's what's was causing the intensification of these uh, flooding Extreme events. Extreme weather, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. For us, you know, it's the flooding events, my God.
0: The flooding events. You know, three,
1: three in a, year, three in a yeah. row on back-to-back-to-back to back to back years.
0: Oh, you got to see what, I mean, Canada right now, we're talking about, and, and that's the thing, we we they're kind of telling us is expect more extreme weather situations. So, if it's winter, it's going to be extreme winter. Yeah. If it's summer, it's going to be extreme summer. Hurricane season? Like this takes, week in Houston? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, right? <laughs> it was like
1: super cold two days ago, and now we're in shorts and a t-shirt.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, my God, but no, I feel bad for the guys up in Canada because... <coughs> You know, the past month, they've experienced minus 30 and minus 40 degree temperatures. Um, and they have to work out, you know, out there. Um, That's crazy. And, I mean, they're wearing head-to-toe gear. Oh, yeah. One, exactly. I mean, one guy was telling me that... And I slowly backed myself.
1: And they're being accused of having privilege by by the social justice left or the postmodern left, whatever you want to call it. And so it's just, uh, it's creating such a toxic toxic situation where like you said like we've established people who see the world differently need to have extended yeah you know yeah friendly conversations to like understand yeah understand where the other side is right and where where they are they themselves are being you know have blind spots yeah and misunderstandings
0: yeah and I think <clears throat> I think maybe um you know us from Houston from Texas we uh we not say we don't appreciate it. It's we um, we take it for granted that how long are you? Oh
1: no, I'm good. I'm good. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We take it for granted because we're in this diverse city. We mm-hmm. get that diversity. We get that interaction, mm-hmm. and we're like, yeah, what's the problem? You know, like, yeah, we get it. Uh, but there's so many more people out there that don't get that interaction mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. somebody with a different idea, different religion, or not religious at all. Yeah. Um, it's very much kind of homogeneous for the most part for most people, right? Unless you live in an area like Houston. I would say San Antonio, but San Antonio is mostly Hispanic, right? Yeah. Mostly Hispanic and white, a little bit of African American. Austin is like mostly white and Hispanic again. Yeah. I think Dallas maybe uh white and African American. Yeah. Houston's the only one that's like really close. Extremely right? diverse. I mean, we
1: have expat Basically, there's people living in this city from every country in the world that has oil or a major oil company. Yeah. You know, there's, because, Ita- you know, there's any from Italy. So there's a ta- sizable Italian population in Houston. Oh, yeah. There's tons of Canadians because yeah. Canada has a lot of oil. Any, yeah. Any, you know, any, anybody who has, you know, is in the energy, global energy business, you know, there's expat, sizable expat communities. Yeah. Those people in Houston. And then.
0: Or the thing that I was, I was dawning don- uh, on me is the, um, the Jewish community. Yeah, and the impacts that the Jewish community has had on Houston, um, I just didn't realize how closely tied the Jewish community was to Houston and its development. Because, huh. you know, a lot of like um, a lot of the people that developed all this, fa- a lot of the famous buildings, a lot of the famous areas, um, they have a lot of Jewish surnames, huh. and it was literally a lot of these uh, Jewish community from like New York City that came down and did a lot of the engineering and building. And then, you know, Meyerland is kind of where a lot well, of, of course, Jewish that's settlements that's developed. A historically Jewish, Jewish yeah. neighborhood, yeah. So it, this is just really strong, thriving Jewish community that. And
1: they were huge in the, the, the development of the city? Totally. Well, damn. That's awesome. Lehiam. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. So. Mazel to our. To our, to, our, to our our Jewish fellow Houstonians. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Big well, shout out. I, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll end it with that. <laughs> because we just, we know, everybody just finished uh, clearing out uh, Mardi Gras with Fat um, Tuesday, Ash mm-hmm. Wednesday. We got uh, St. Paddy's Day coming up. Yeah. We just said Lahaim out there for our Jewish community. I mean, what else is there? We just finished um, uh, Black History Month. That's right. You know? Uh, (laughs) Jesse Smollett
1: ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Jesse.
0: (laughs) Jesse, man. Jesse, man, please. (laughs) I'm going to end it there before I say anything else. But uh, thanks for listening. And, Rob, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. can't wait to do it again. had a good time. Uh, We'll uh, hear from you all next time.